Welcome to Project Enterprise, a podcast for ambitious people trying to figure everything out just like us. I'm Ben Metzger. I'm Jason Whitman. I'm Jonathan Billing. So today we have on Adam Laverne, who's a licensed plumber, and he works here in Seattle at Gene Johnson Plumbing. Adam, how you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're <laughs> glad you could come by. How's your week going? It's busy. Yeah? Yeah, but it's good. There are busy seasons for the plumbing industry? Well, we do plumbing and heating, so yeah, this time of the year, uh, heating's really ramping up, obviously. It's cold, so um, yeah. So a lot of like boiler furnaces, water heating, that type of thing. Gotcha. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So um, on the last couple episodes of our show, we talked a little bit about college um, and whether or not there are any alternatives out there. Um, So it's pretty cool that we get to talk to someone um, who's done the trades route. Um, So just to get things started, why don't you tell us a little bit um, about how you got into into the trades or you know, um, what kind of motivated you to get there? Um, well, I have a lot of family who, uh, are plumbers and, uh, actually I, I didn't really want to be a a plumber just like everyone else in my family. So I kind of steered away from that, uh, in the beginning of kind of my career life. Um, but I also didn't, I, I just couldn't go to college either. Um, I just couldn't see, you know, paying that much money for something I was not sure about. So I just didn't know kind of what to do, and uh, I just kept coming back to the trades. And kind of long story short, um, I went into the electrical industry first and then ended up in plumbing. Um, Been doing that since, uh, yeah, straight out of high school pretty much. Cool. So did you go... Did you go directly into trade school right outside of college, or was there like an area where you're trying to figure out what the heck you wanted to do? Mm. Yeah, so um, I worked for a union shop, which is um, a little bit different than where I currently work. Um, So they did have like a uh, kind of apprenticeship program, kind of school type thing. Um, But I didn't really fit into the whole union thing very well. So um, so then I ended up into kind of the private side of the industry, which uh, there's no real schooling that you go to. It's, it's just you're learning on the job, basically. And uh, you just have to prove to this, the state that you uh, work a certain amount of hours under a licensed plumber, and then eventually you will take a test. So um, there really was no... Um, I guess school, if that's what you're referring to, um, it's just you know on-the-job training. Is that? Do you think that's something that kind of attracted to you a little bit? Is just going there and getting the experience instead of just a lecture, or that type of environment to figure that out? Or honestly, I I didn't really, uh, I didn't really know what else to do. Um, I just kind of ended up going to you know, the the trade route because um, I knew I could get paid and learn something valuable. I didn't really see um, all the tremendous potential that I see now in in the trades at the time. Um, It just started, you know, slowly becoming more and more clear to me as I kind of worked through the process. So, um, yeah, I was just kind of 
uh, early on, just kind of searching for things, you know, yeah. um, figuring out life. Still am doing that today, but more so than um, I took some time off and actually traveled all over Europe for probably a total of six months. Um, but then every time I'd come back, you know, I was I just went back to, you know, working in the in the plumbing industry. So that's super cool. I mean, I guess uh, a lot of people probably can't take six months off of a job to go. <laughs> do Europe. So do you think that's something that this job has definitely afforded you to do specifically or? Well, <laughs> I quit those times because oh, I'm okay. like, hey, I got to do something like, yeah. you know, trying to figure out the whole life thing. So um, I quit because I knew I was going to take quite a bit of time off, you know, buying a one-way ticket type thing. Oh, okay. Um, but I will say like today where I'm working now, um, I have a month planned to um, on vacation. So next month in uh, January, I'm taking the entire month off and I'm not quitting this time. I have that. Uh, they, they're allowing me to do that. So yeah, you definitely have some freedom there, um, especially once you kind of prove your worth in, in the industry for sure. You know, you're, you're uh, the owner of the company, whatever, whoever you're working for is going to know, hey, this guy's, you know, worth it. We're going to allow him to yeah. take some time off. Want to keep thing. him happy. Type of <laughs> yeah, thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, because there, there is a shortage of people in the trades for sure. So when there's good quality people, um, you're, th- those employers are going to hang on to you. So um, there's a lot of freedom to be had for sure. Wow. That sounds, that sounds pretty cool. Because I think most jobs, you know, people trying to eke by, you know, working as barista or just whatever service job they can get, you know, you don't get that type of freedom yeah. at all. Yeah, and I shouldn't even use the the word job because I really do believe that trades is a is a very viable career. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's not this thing that you just get to, uh, you know, you, you don't just get by on on being a plumber. It's something that can serve you very well. Um, you can go buy a house, support your family, um, all the things that you know, a, a good college education could provide you financially at least. Okay. Um, so, yeah, anyway. I guess before we uh, move on, I just want to establish like a couple background things. So when did you, when was the start of the journey to this trade and how far along are you into that? Oh, so pretty much uh, right out of high school, started working in the trades. Um, I just took a longer path because I was kind of, you know, doing my travel thing. Um switched around, you know, different companies, uh, where I worked, that type of thing. Um, but, uh, so I eventually got my license, um, and I believe, I think that I was 24 when that happened. So, um, so I've been a licensed plumber since, uh, about 24, 25. Okay. And, uh, oh, and how old are you now? Yeah. I just turned 27. Oh, okay. So, nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. I have to ask, I've always wanted to travel to Europe for a few months. Uh, how was that experience? Did you feel like you found yourself out there or <laughs> learned any really good lessons? That's the thing, man. It, it sounds cheesy, but I was like, yeah, I got to go, you know, find myself in Europe and all that stuff. But um, I probably came back with more questions about life than I did going into it. So um, it it's something I wouldn't, you know, I do not regret at all. Um, uh, I did not plan things very well, so I just kind of winged it. So I would say, you know, if I did another trip, I, I would have more of a structure with my kind of traveling experience. But uh, 
No, I, I definitely didn't find myself, <laughs> but uh, I, I did get a lot of insight too. And um, I think it's good to ask questions. And so, um, yeah, I, I think I learned a lot, but um, still, you know, in that process, figuring it all out, you know, I don't know if that ever ends. I, I find that interesting because uh, taking such a long break, I imagine you said you have more questions coming back. Mm-hmm. Like you you have all this time to think about all yeah. that stuff. Do so you think having that long to think about it helped you or? Mm, kind of both. Um, yeah, if you have too much time, it's kind of a bad thing. Yeah. And that's one thing I noticed was, you know, we don't really know um, – let's say you you want to get to a point where you don't have to go to work anymore and you just can do anything you want to do. Um, so I was at that point because I was just, I bought a one-way ticket. I didn't have any plans. I was just out in Europe kind of doing my thing. But it also made me realize that having that much time to yourself is not necessarily the best thing. I actually started to realize I actually want to go to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I want to have a job, um, and it, it's a really good thing. It's a healthy thing for me to have. So when I came back from both trips, I remember the feeling of, man, I can't wait to just get back to work. Um, just having that structure, something that you're just con- continually building, um, getting better at, and uh, that, that to me just kind of really stood out was uh, – yeah, just realizing that I don't want to be a bum and just do whatever I want. I actually want uh, I want to have a job. Want to do something a little bit more meaningful. So, yeah, I think yeah. a lot of people think that they just want to have millions of dollars, be raking in the door, and they're just mm-hmm. chilling all day, basically mm-hmm. being a cat. They eat and sleep and just don't really have any responsibilities. But that's the dream, right? Yeah, but <laughs> I don't think people realize that kind of sucks because I've I've gone through a period like that also. Uh, I, uh, I went to college for a couple years, and then I took a quarter off and did some freelance work, but also was super lazy at the same time. And I was like, I needed to go back to school or I need to be working more because, honestly, it's depressing just to wake up every day and just do mm-hmm. nothing. Yeah. So I think that's a really good point that uh, people don't realize as much. Yeah, It's valuable to learn early on is you, you should find something you want to do, mm-hmm. <laughs> find something to do. I feel like everybody dreams of having no responsibility, but – I feel like a lot of the meaning in people's lives is linked to the responsibility they have. And once that's gone, it's it's hard to find meaning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you talked a little bit about um, the trades, not just as a job, but as a career. So you also mentioned there were kind of two different paths, one being the union route where it's a little bit more mm-hmm. um, strict. There are more guidelines or you can go kind of the private route. Yeah. Um, and it's more just learning on the job. So why don't you talk a little bit about talk a little bit more about the difference between the two and not just the start of those careers, but where those careers can end up. Hmm. Yeah. So um, I'm not an expert in the union side of things, um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's just uh, there's a lot of rules, regulations. It, it really fits certain type of, uh, you know, people, what they want in their career. Um, not saying it's a bad thing. I just didn't fit into the whole, um, you know, being part of the union type thing. Um, generally, those guys are going to end up in uh, kind of new construction. So you'll be on a, on the same job for maybe a couple years. And uh, so I went into kind of the service side of plumbing, which is, 
you know, most service plumbing companies are non-union uh, shops. And, um, yeah, so what I am doing is I'm just going into maybe two, three different homes a day and um, interacting with people face-to-face, um, not only figuring out the plumbing problem, but also, uh, for me, it's been a great just people person skill builder because um, you're you're going into really extreme situations people are you know they're they're calling a plumber which no one really calls plumbers like you know it's for me it's normal I'm going into homes every day but for someone who's calling a plumber it's like the first time ever in maybe their entire life or 10 15 years so usually it's a big deal there's a lot of emotion um, you're going into kind of you know, private places of the home, especially like the bathroom. You can learn a lot about someone <laughs> in the bathroom. Um, so, so yeah, uh, you know, this side of the business, um, dealing with just people every day um, and learning how to interact uh, from one, you know, personality to the next. Um, I feel like that's probably one of the most helpful things that I didn't realize at first that I've been learning is the the people side of the of the business but um, yeah we're, we're we're called service plumbers so um, yeah uh, generally uh, service plumbers and uh, like union plumbers are paid differently so um, most service plumbers are paid like on a commission base and so it's really cool because it gives you incentive to do a really good job, um, do it very quickly so you can move on to the next job. However, if you don't do good work, you get called back and you don't get paid for that. So it gives you a really good incentive to go out there and just hit it hard. And really, you don't have this ceiling of I get paid X amount of dollars um, and I'm going to cap out you know, at making X amount per year. Um, with the service side and getting paid commission, it's it's really cool because you can just you can take it as far as you want. You know, like there's n- really no limit to it. So um, I don't feel like I want to go into business for myself because I work for a great employer that gives me a lot of flexibility, and it's almost like having a business within a business. So um, yeah, hopefully that kind of answers your question. Yeah. Is that talking about the business within a business a little bit is that kind of like you basically get the clients through because of your employee but yeah it still comes down to you're the one managing the whole job site and everything yeah the way I see it is um, I work for Gene Johnson plumbing um, and uh, they give me you know X amount of calls that I need to go out and you know take care of um, I wear the company uniform. They have certain standards and rules I have to abide by. But, you know, um, I go out there and um, there's no one out there with me, maybe my apprentice, but I basically can run that call within the kind of rules and regulations that the company has set up, but almost as if it's my own, you know, business, okay. which is really fun. And uh, so a lot of times we go out and we offer lots of different options allow the customer to choose and uh, yeah it's it's a really it's a really uh, exciting process when you're presenting um, all sorts of crazy prices that customer 
did not expect yeah. to be paying along with all the other you know crazy things going on in their home because uh, you know obviously when they're when we're out there something bad happens so um, it's a pretty exciting process actually okay doesn't get boring yeah yeah it doesn't sound like it yeah no I know people I, I mean I think it's so interesting because you know most people are I mean just like you said in the beginning you're like I don't want to be a plumber and just mm-hmm. do that but it's a lot more to it uh, especially yeah. the, the personal aspect I hadn't thought about that you know mm. having to deal with that yeah yeah it's one of the most useful things I, I would say I've gotten out of being a service plumber is just dealing with people because you're gonna use those skills in every single application Definitely. of your mm-hmm. life you know um, Thanksgiving of, dinner <laughs> yeah totally you know or or just making new friends mm-hmm. you know um, a lot of the things just dealing with just kind of you're under pressure you know you you have to look someone in the eye and tell them you know uh, stuff they probably don't want to hear you know just the ability to do that is it, it, it kind of goes beyond just your job you're doing that in life and you can take those skills and go into another job um, you know and and at some point no matter what you're doing you have to interact with people so wouldn't it be really nice to be really good at interacting yeah. with people um, and I feel like I the more I learn about it the more I I want to know like I, I feel like I'm just scratching the surface and you know I'm, I'm considered a pretty good you know people person out in the mm-hmm. field you know working so uh, but I feel like I, I'm just like I'm just like a noob, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm just so new to it. And, uh, but it's, so it's exciting to, to just cool. constantly be learning more and more. Yeah. I, uh, kind of want to touch back. You mentioned, you know, telling people stuff they don't want to hear, but you know, you gotta, I've, mm-hmm. it's something I've been running into recently too. And I think it is very valuable, definitely applies everywhere. Just like you were saying, um, kind of, is that something you weren't maybe going into you were surprised to find out how hard that would be to deal with or you were surprised mm. to find you were good at it or kind of maybe some well, of those early challenges you weren't expecting that you ran into yeah um i don't i don't like to upset people well yeah you know yeah. um and uh yeah i i don't think like i think i'm just a pretty average dude i don't, I don't think i'm like really good at one thing or another i think um one thing i do have is i i can work really hard and and learn to adapt um, and, and just get better over time. But uh, yeah, it's one skill that I, I've definitely, you know, I was not very good at at first, but uh, you know, I go into these homes and they called me out for one problem. Well, the issue is, is I'm a pro and I'm looking around the house and I'm looking at all these other problems that they are not even aware of. Mm-hmm. But already this one problem is super expensive and they're under you know, a lot of stress, emotion, all this stuff. Well, at that point, do I bring up all these other things or do I just stick to one thing? Well, again, I don't want to like upset them. So, so, but there is a way to, to bring these things up and talk about all these other issues. And I literally say, I, I don't mean to, you know, um, bring this up and, and just add more stress to the problem, but I, I'm a little concerned with these things that are going on in your home. And I just want you to be aware of. And so I will just bring these things up in a just as nice as I possibly can and at least make them aware of it. And I find that um, when I don't just shove it down their throat and say, look, this is screwed up, this is screwed up, along with your you know leaking pipe or whatever it is, um, they receive it a lot better 
and just these little subtle things of how you just bring things up that um, probably most guys would just say, ah, forget about it. You know, they're under stress. Mm-hmm. We don't want to bring this up. But it turns up into, well, you're here. Let's fix it all. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, and they give them some options. So ends up, you know, creating more work for me. And they're actually super appreciative to know about these things. And uh, those and are just a subtle. that's your commission too, I'm guessing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and so, yeah, th- I, I feel like the, the more I actually try to help the customer, the more money I'm actually making, which is really cool. That's awesome. You know, you don't actually have to go out there and sell hard and all this stuff. Um, you just go out there and do the right thing and inform the customer and give them a bunch of options. Let them decide, you know, after you've informed them of their home and everything that's going on in their house, like, you know, give them the information, the power, and they choose. And then they end up, you know, doing a, a ton of work more than, it would be like if you were to sell them and just say you need to do this and like almost force them to do the yeah. work. Um, I find I've done way more work just giving them options and bringing things up and just these subtle little differences of how you bring it up just goes a, a long way. And that's really cool to see. That's, you know, I, I, I love that. That's that's awesome. I'm so a little bit about me. Uh, I'm a filmmaker. I mostly uh direct promotional video content for local businesses and such. And I've found that recently as well, you know, when I'm working, sometimes I'll be working with a small business and the owner, or sometimes I'll be working with a marketing team and there's going to be notes going back on whatever we're doing. And I, and I'm kind of always learning that on every mm-hmm. project I'm doing what you're talking about there is you don't just want to be like, actually your notes terrible. That's wrong. You need to listen to me and trust me. This is the better way to do it. Cause then they're just going to get defensive and locked down. Just like you're saying, you don't want to just be like, Hey, this, you, everything about your house is terrible. Mm-hmm. You definitely want to approach it more softly and be like, well, this is a good thing, but maybe what about this? This could maybe do this and this, which could be better for this. Yeah. And definitely approaching it with that thinking about yeah. who's on the other side. That's, that's yeah, awesome. just yeah. learning to really listen to, to, you know, even take notes of what they're saying and then bring that up later. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you mentioned you don't want this ever to happen again. Well, you know, if you don't want problems to happen, you're thinking long term with this home, then there's a couple concerns I, I just want to bring to your attention. All of a sudden, you're not talking about this one problem. You're talking about their water heater and all these other things that now they're interested in because you were listening and you brought it up later that you were listening and that you really want to take care of them. And uh, a lot of times you just find that a lot of people, they want to be heard, you mm-hmm. know. So, um, yeah, a lot of times I just go in there and I just I just listen, yeah. you know. And uh, it, it goes a long ways. That's yeah, awesome. For sure. no, listen, that's, I think that's, I think that's awesome. That's ve- it's very, yes, yeah. very good. <laughs> I mean, we all know people love talking about themselves, mm-hmm. but. But especially in their own home, you know, they want to, you want to yeah. make them feel comfortable and that you're there really to help them, which yeah, we that's, are. That's their safe space and yeah. the intruder there for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. So, um, yeah, just learning those those skills of just, man, it, they're all just these tiny little things. There's not one big thing that just changes it all. Mm-hmm. It's it's just these little tiny alterations with, with how you interact with people that just go a, a long way. And it's super exciting to see that. and. And uh, like I said, it, it, you use that in your everyday life, you know, too. It's not just work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So. You know, just do the best job you can do. It's probably going to work out better for you. That's mm-hmm. I think that's very, very significant. I, I kind of want to go back to how you got into this. I know you said you had family members that were plumbers, but do you think that you would become a plumber if you didn't have family members? 
Like, do you think you knew enough about it coming out of high school where you would have chose this path? Yeah, you know, I, I think that was uh, that worked to my advantage is because I had the family members who were plumbers and they, you know, talked about it enough. And I actually worked, you know, with them as a little kid, you know, just growing up. Um, so I I knew about the trades more than, you know, any of my friends would have known. So if I didn't have my family uh, in in the industry, then... You know, I, I don't know, uh, just from my experience, um, so I graduated in 2011. Um, so at the time, you know, pretty much going through high school, everything is kind of geared for college afterwards. So if I didn't really have my experience and just knowing about the trades, I don't know if I would have gone in the trades, to be honest. Um, I can't really tell you because yeah. I've only yeah. lived <laughs> one life, but uh, but. Yeah, I just I didn't have any guidance outside of my family that was telling me to go into the trades. So um, everything else was geared towards uh, a college. Yeah. Why do you Why do you think that is? Like, why is there so much emphasis on college, the SATs, the college counselors in high school, but nothing about trades? Especially when, like you were saying, you know, it's an, mm-hmm. not even not just legitimate. It's a fantastic career path that you're going down, I think, you know, definitely very And so is college. I mean, I have nothing against college, especially if you know what you want to do and you, yeah, you're going for it. But, uh, I mean, I, I would almost want to ask you that question. Like, why did you guys go to college? Well, I, I, I stopped, but (laughs) (laughs) uh, for for pretty similar reasons, but yeah, I mean, I think that is an interesting thing and, you know, don't want to go to the two down rabbit hole, but I definitely do think that's a failure of our education system and how outdated it is. But was it, was it your like parents who told you or was it, you know, just the high school system? Mm -hmm. Was it someone that just constantly told you, Hey, you got to go to college. Like, what was it that, you know, made you guys go into college? Sure. Yeah. I yeah. think that's very well. Sorry to cut you off there, Ben, real quick, but just uh, wanted to mention, you know, that's if anyone listening, if you don't know, you, you know, think about it. Why, why, why are you applying to a college? You know, just not saying don't. I'm just saying think about it. Have a reason to do what you're doing, not just because someone else did. You know, yeah. have your own reasons. But anyways. Yeah. When I was growing up, um, I always knew that my dad never went to college. Um, he was currently, or he has been working in sales pretty much, you know, since almost since when he got out of high school. Um, And he always told me that for that role in particular, he could have gotten where he wanted to go a lot quicker if he had a degree. Mm -hmm. And for me personally, I always knew that I wanted to work on the financial side of a business. I always thought that was interesting. You know, I've been Mm -hmm. watching Shark Tank ever since it started. Um, I've been running the calculations in my head ever since um, when I'm watching those episodes. So for me, I knew exactly what it was that I wanted to do. And to do that, I needed a college degree. Mm-hmm. So for me, you know, that was that was my reason. And it goes back to what Jason was saying. I knew what I wanted to do when I graduated high school. So yeah. it's, college is very, very expensive if you have no clue what the heck it is you want to do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's my story. What about you, John? Well, my dad's a surgeon, so he went to school till he was almost 30. Um, so my both my parents graduated college. They both heavily believe in the school system, and I was highly, highly encouraged to go to college. <laughs> uh, every, all of my siblings had. And Is that a quotation encouraged? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but 
I think I'm glad I did in the end because I realized I kind of found out what I wanted to do well in college, which is not a good route. I wouldn't recommend starting college not knowing what you don't want to do. And if you don't know what you want to do and you're kind of being shoved towards college, I'd recommend going the community route because it's a lot cheaper. I wasted a lot of money switching majors, but I finally figured out that I wanted to be a financial analyst or investment banker. And for that, you need a college degree. And um, that's that's why I'm in college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. It's interesting to co- talk about you know how influenced you are just because of your upbringing on decisions you're making. Yeah, seemingly unrelated. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and that's just I think that's just you know a lack of information. A lot of people don't know how viable you know a trade career option is, and mm-hmm. uh, that's why I'm so glad to yeah we're on here just to talk about it. Talking about yeah. it before the show is just uh, you know it. Yeah, like you said, not a lot of people really know. Like we know of the trades, but we don't really know about them. Mm-hmm. And, and we know they exist, but yeah, like how much do plumbers really make? Or mm-hmm. you know, like what is the process? And yeah, is it just a job, or is it like this full blown career? Or like what the difference is of like, you know, what? Why is it important to have a license? Like and all this stuff. Like we don't really know. Um, so yeah, hopefully we can bring some light to that because there, there's, you know, you know, college is is not for everyone, and the trades is not for everyone. But um, if you don't know about, you know, mm-hmm. let's say, if you didn't, if you never heard about the trades, but like you're mechanically inclined, hands-on person, I mean, it's just a shame that you just didn't learn about it. Yeah. So, um, I, I yeah, I would just hope that more information would be put out there about what it can do for you. Definitely. Yeah. Well, so, something I'm interested okay. in, I'm interested in. Um and I think a lot of our listeners would be listed or would be interested in um is the f- actual financial side. And mm. when we were talking before this, you said you were comfortable with actually talking about um yeah, dollars essentially. Yeah. Um it, so let's, this let's, is so fun. This is <laughs> this is awesome. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about that. Um so what is it What's it like salary-wise for someone, you know, starting out as an apprentice and eventually moving into a licensed plumber position? Yeah. Uh, also, on top of that, how long did the apprenticeship apprenticeship last, and is that mm-hmm. always the same, or does it kind of vary based on how fast you learn? Yeah, so um, if you start out and you know nothing, well, you're just going to get paid, you know, the bottom minimum wage. Um, but as you progress and you become more valuable – you're going to get paid more as an apprentice. So uh, you're not getting paid a lot, um, but uh, the main thing is you're not you're not accumulating any debt. You're getting paid to learn, um, and by the time – so it takes three years to get a residential license, four years to get a journeyman license. So what we do in the service um, side of things, all you really need is a, a, a residential license license because we're working in residential homes um but really we we say to really hone in on all your skills and become pretty pretty darn good at what you're doing and if you're out there really paying attention and and working hard um we like to say that you can you can earn six figures in four years if you start from 18 right out of high school and uh, if you were to come to gene johnson plumbing and you start your apprenticeship and you're you you've got the the sights you know on on that you know light at the end of the tunnel type thing. Ready to work hard, put your mind. Yeah, it, by the time you're 22, 
I can guarantee you from personal experience and from seeing it happen with other people um, in the in industry, you can be making um, anywhere from seventy to one hundred twenty thousand dollars, depending on what you want to really, you know, put put effort into. So, um, and that's that's very very well, obviously viable. that's fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> for like that's an insane short amount of time. With to no be debt. making that money for no debt right out of high school, like that's yeah. That's obviously so incredible. and at that point, you probably have a car. You've got that paid mm -hmm. off. You know, you might even have a house by then. So here's a question: you know? Then just interject a little bit. Um, how long at the start of your apprenticeship, apprenticeship did it take for you to be making like a livable income? Essentially, like. Mm. Well, I I mean, I mean I obviously was, people's definition of that and where you are varies, but yeah, I mean. I, you know, I wasn't married or I'm not married. I don't have any kids, so I, I don't really have a whole lot of expenses. Um, so, you know, it was always livable to mm -hmm. me. Um, so I, I think, you know, yeah, you, you can definitely make livable wages and live on your own um, right out the gate. Um, it's going to be tight, yeah. but, you yeah. know, that's probably a good experience You're to have. You're not living on the street, though? No. That, no. <laughs> none of that type no, of stuff. No, no. Um, so, so yeah, uh, no, it's, it's all very doable. It's not designed for you to struggle. A lot of people use the, the road of hard knocks and all that stuff within the industry, but, um, no, I mean, th there's, there's a way to do it. And if, if you want to make it happen, it's, it's, it's a good quality lifestyle all the way through from apprentice to, you know, getting your license and whatnot. So, um, but, but yeah, just talking about the money part, like, you know, a lot of people don't like really want to talk about money, right? Mm -hmm. You know, um, we don't have to go this far, but if I were to ask you guys how much you make and w how much money in your bank account is, would you be willing to share that information with me? Uh, at, at the moment, um, I, I mean, I, I can very share. broke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so. I'm pretty broke as well. I'd yeah, say yeah. I have like probably. The way my stuff works as it comes and goes and it depends because I have lots of business expenses but um, yeah I'd actually like to talk about that s sometime but yeah I, I want no. I want to focus on yeah. you for now yeah so cool. <laughs> but but it does paint a picture yeah. so I'm not oh, saying definitely. yeah You're I'm not saying money right. is everything but for me um, you know I started in the trades pretty much right out of high school kind of kind of made my way through it one way or another I didn't just go full blast you know through the whole system but um, so I'm, I'm just turned 27 and I have four rentals and I have over a hundred thousand dollars in my bank account. Jeez. So that kind of paints a picture yeah. of, it's not, not to break, but that's what the trades has, mm -hmm. has done for me. And so what I think it's done, not, not to say that you can't make that type of money or get to that point with, you know, going to college. But the reality is, is most of my friends who have graduated have a huge amount of debt. I have none. Uh, they're in entry level jobs and maybe they're doing something that will eventually work their way up unless you get into the absolute dream job and yeah. you're working for yeah. Amazon making, you know, trillion dollars. <laughs> but uh, but Jeff if you're just like money. average people doing average work, average jobs, you know, working for the county or the city and, you know, a teacher and that type of thing. Um, yeah, you're, you go through uh, college. If you don't have any assistance, um, no one's paying your bills. Yeah, you're accumulating a huge amount of debt. Um, 
And then, you know, like I said, a lot of my friends are they're starting entry level jobs, and um, and that's that's great. Like if that's what they're wanting to do, and they have kind of their sights on the bigger picture. But what the trades has done for me, and I didn't realize it at the time until you know recently, it's like, wow, look at where I'm at. You know, this is really good. So you can start making money sooner in your career. And we all know about, you know, uh, compound interest. So you start making money sooner in your life and you start investing that. And, I mean, you can you can make a lot of money but also spend a lot of money. So you do have to be mm-hmm. smart with yeah. your money. But um, if you are, you know, somewhat smart with your money, y- you can get ahead of the game so much sooner through the trades financially, you know, and really set yourself up um, well and uh so that that's i mean that's kind of where i'm going is just um i'm in a really good spot financially where i'm at in life and uh and my friends who went to college they're really just starting their career mm-hmm. so um i, I feel kind of lucky actually um in that in that regard and uh and again it's not for everyone Right. Mm-hmm. So not everyone should be a plumber, but um, it's just a really good avenue that's real. And there's and other trades, too. Like you said, you yeah. have to heating electricians, you know, Electrical. carpenters and mm-hmm. other things like that. Yeah. I would just like to mention real quick uh, when you mentioned compound interest, Ben's eyes lit up like a puppy dog. That's yeah. something the real. Uh, something it's Warren Buffett's the wonders of the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So obviously to get to the point where you're at, you have to either be pretty frugal or very smart with your money or both. Um, so I'm assuming that you have a pretty good plan for how you spend your money each month. Yeah. Um, I've kind of got a pie chart going on, you know, a certain amount of money goes in certain places. So, um, but yeah, you know, me being single. So again, working that to my advantage, um, I don't own my own home, even though I own homes, (laughs) I don't own my own home. Um, I, I live in a, uh, a shared house and I pay 600 bucks in rent and I'm totally satisfied with that. Um, I do definitely I d- by choice, obviously you're making, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I could buy a yeah. house if Which I wanted to. I think to. is smart for sure. Yeah. At this yeah. point in my life. Um, and in this market in Seattle is just kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Um, so, <laughs> and, and yeah, but I do have my, my toys too. Um, I like to ride dirt bikes, uh, motorcycles. I'm looking um, to get one of those babies soon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I, I drive a nice car. Um, so there are certain things I, I have spent money on and I'm okay with that too. But all the while I'm still making, uh, a lot of money that I can save and put away and invest. And when I say I have, I have a hundred thousand dollars, over a hundred thousand dollars in the bank, it's not a good thing. I actually don't feel good about that because it's not doing anything. Yeah. And, and, uh, so part of my problem is, I'm too emotionally attached to that money because I've worked really hard to get that money. I don't just want to like blow it on some, you mm-hmm. know, investment, you know, scheme. Um, I want to know what, you know, where to put that. And for me right now, since I kind of have the skills in the in the area, I, I tend to look more at real estate stuff. So, um, and I do have a 401k and max out my Roth IRA. I think those are good things, but nice. I, I gear more for um, real estate stuff. Yeah. Okay. What was it like acquiring your first like property? How did you get into real estate? Um, I 
I just wanted to learn more um, just about, you know, all sorts of different things. So I just usually when opportunities came and I, I read like Rich Dad books, I, I read a lot of these books that Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I read that. all three. Those are the first books I actually read right out of high school. And uh, who's, who's that by? Just for anyone who wants to look it up. I think it's Robert, Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah. Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I've just read so many books. They're all starting to meld together in my in my head. I, I kind of forget what I've read now, but um, I just keep reading more books. Mm-hmm. And um, I almost have to relearn what I've already learned, you know, because you yeah. just you just amass so much information. It's all good stuff. But uh, yeah. And but uh, kind of started going to this group that um, they're, they're all they're just like an investment group and they're all a, a group of people who invested in um, properties in, over in Memphis, Tennessee. So over there at the time you could buy a house for about $60,000 and rent it out for about six to 900 bucks. So um, it was just kind of a math game, you know, and so ended up uh, going into a uh, partnership with brother-in-law and we got four of those houses and um we've had them for you know probably close to four years now so um that's probably the the one debt we do have but it's self-paying i mean it it takes care of itself and it still is making money um so you don't really pay it off you just kind of let it do its thing so if you're making a hundred two hundred dollars per house what what if you multiply that not by four but by 10 by 20 so Mm -hmm. that's kind of what i'm looking at is like what if i just get another four and then another four another four i just did some quick math i'm sure you probably already know but if if if, you know if you buy a house for sixty thousand, you rent it out for 900 that's making itself back in just about six years which means you know before your mid thirties, you're already only making profit on that, basically. Obviously, besides other expenses and things that come up, but yeah. Well, uh, so what we did is we got like kind of a you know long story short, you just you, you basically get a loan, um, and so by the end of all the expenses, the loan and everything, we're we're actually making about two hundred bucks per house. Oh, okay. So nice. so it's paying for itself. It's paying for the expenses of the house, and on average, I would say we're getting you know a couple hundred bucks per house. So um, those are like, you know, probably 30 year loans or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but still it's already making you money now. So it is. Yeah. yeah. And it, and the value of it's only going up too. Yeah. So, um, when you sell it down the road, it's paid for itself. Mm-hmm. Then you sell it for, it on top you know, of it again. it's probably going to yeah. be worth maybe two, $300,000 by the time that it's paid for itself or maybe more, who knows? So, yeah. so that's kind of cool stuff. And then people, you know, there's a lot of people out there like, oh, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's working, so yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm making know. money on it right now, so. Yeah, like why would you do that? You know, mm-hmm. nobody does that. Well, I don't know. It's it's just a numbers thing. It's working. So, um, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. So trying to learn about that and uh, learning more about going into that kind of avenue of just investing and, in, you know, how to spend this extra money that mm-hmm. you have, there, it's hard to find really good advice. Yeah, so you know? I actually want to – Talk about you know the advice part. Do you? How did that deal? Let's let's talk about the the property you bought in. Uh, what did you say Tennessee? Yeah, Memphis. Um, yeah. Um, was that? 
did that happen because of the investment group you were a part of, mm-hmm. or is that how you learned how to do that? Or yeah, that just basically else? went there to uh, learn about investing in you know properties, that mm-hmm. type of thing. So um, next thing you know, you're learning about this stuff, and you see some really well-educated people, such as surgeons, you know, and a lot of college-educated people. Um, you know, that's what they were spending their money on. And, uh, and they, they kind of all grouped together. They weren't in it together. They were just in it to like talk about their experience and kind of, you know, bump ideas off each other. So it wasn't like they were trying to sell me on that. It was more of a, this is what we're doing. Like, how, how do we make this better as a group and Mm -hmm. figure this out? Sharing of information. So how'd you actually, uh, find them then? Uh, Pretty much just through other people, you know. Uh, my my brother-in-law, he heard about them and, you know, brought it up. And it's like, oh, that sounds really interesting. Let's go, you know. So, um, and next thing you know. But, I mean, there's all sorts of opportunities. If, if you're looking for something, you'll, you'll probably find it. And so I was looking for, you know, yeah, just more things to learn. So um, all sorts of things start popping up. Do you think it was easier to get your second property after you got your first a lot of people say like success snowballs like has that snowball effect where it's easier after you get started well we we bought all four at the same time but um, I will say that yeah at first it's like really nerve-wracking like what am I doing but after a while you just you kind of adapt to these things you just kind of figure out how it all works you know there's problems that happen all the time but uh, again, you just kind of like, you just figure it out and you keep moving forward. And at the end of the day, you look at the numbers and the math. It's like, this is paying for itself. Don't get emotionally attached. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, so, cause a lot of times our emotions are like, oh, I can't believe this is happening. You freak out. Well, then you make a really dumb decision, but, uh, no, it's, yeah, you just kind of have to, you just learn that, well, this is just what happens, you know, and you just kind of get through it. And can happen with your 401k you know the stock market goes way down we have another you know a a crash in the economy um which is supposed to happen soon i think so so um yeah sounds like you're really starting and you have been but even more now you're really diversifying other sources of income besides just your main job yeah, yeah, that's the that's the goal is when I'm sleeping at night, I'm still making money, yeah. and I don't have to go out there and physically work for, for that money in my bank. Smart. So that's kind of the, the idea, and uh, yeah, just the whole passive income. I mean, we could talk all day about that, but yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's really yeah. cool. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I just want to point out here that, you know, just listening to Adam, it's it's very obvious to me that this just didn't happen. You know, Adam went out and he did the work, and he's a go getter for sure. It, it's my uh, I do I do want to say I okay yeah I've learned to be a go getter yeah. because I I really did not have a ton of guidance. You know, even though my family was you know in plumbing and all that stuff, but no one was really telling me mm-hmm. what to do. I just kind of was floating around for a while. Um, I I just want to say like. If I can get at this point, then pretty much I'm sure anyone else mm-hmm. can. And uh, if if you just open your eyes and be, be willing to learn something and just get out of your bubble a little bit, um, and and if you decide to go into the trade route, especially there there's a lot to be had, um, and just have that learning mentality, it's it's really cool. I mean, it's don't get stuck in your ways. You yeah, know, um, I totally agree. I, I think it's very easy, especially nowadays. You know 
it's 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 a whole new age the way technology is advancing so fast and i feel like there's a lot of ego involved in people mm-hmm. trying to figure out what they do and i think humility and just be willing to learn like you're talking about is just going to do so much for you yeah yeah just open-mindedness well. in general is going to yeah. help you a lot yeah and now you know about trades which are awesome so oh that, that's just like a little bit about yeah trades. just a little bit yeah. Yeah. yeah i know we're running out of time but uh so much to share, yeah. and it's all exciting. And we stuff. can we can keep going for a little longer if, if you're good with it. I mean, we don't want to keep. I, you I'm down it, for whatever yeah. you want. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, let's keep yeah. going. I mean, cool. I think we're we're having great discussions here. I'm I'm learning yeah. a lot personally. Yeah, I want to keep learning. <laughs> so, if you if there was a high school student listening who was unsure if they wanted to go to college, what would be some advice that you would give them at this point? Oh, uh, that's that's a really good question. Um, I mean, if they're unsure, just don't go to college. Go, I don't know, go go travel, you know. <laughs> you, you're not going to regret that. I didn't. Um, or, or learn something that you know has value no matter what, you know. Start, go, go show up to Gene Johnson Plumbing and ride along with me, and I'll tell you about everything I do, you know. Um, Maybe maybe do stuff for free, you know, just, you know, don't like, I don't know. I, I think we always want something out of everything we do, but I feel like the most I've gotten in lots of different situations is when I just go out and I'm just like, I'm just here to hang out. Like, let's see what this is all about. Or I just want to learn about this for a day or whatever. And um, yeah, just go do that, you know. Um, don't feel like you have to figure it all out right now. Like you, you don't, and you won't. Um, like I'm, I'm always surprised when people like they, they know what they want to do in life and they have it all mapped out. I just don't think that way. Maybe other people do, yeah. but it's just not true. Like I'm just, I'm all over the place. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I don't know what <laughs> advice to give them. Well, that's that, good advice. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. You know, just try things. Like you said, you don't have to have it like, oh, I tried one thing and now this is what I'm doing forever. Yeah. You know, it's okay to quit and it's okay to try new things and mm-hmm. you really should. Uh, you know, that's something with what I do, filmmaking is something people are always saying it's like the only way to get better is to go and do it. Mm-hmm. And that's just applies to everything, I think. You just gotta, you gotta try. You gotta be willing to fail also, I oh, think yeah. it's important. When I, uh, you can't be scared of failure. When I was an apprentice at Gene Johnson, I, I, uh, my interview, I was so nervous for my interview. I didn't know, you know, this was kind of the first big experience for me, just as far as like big career type thing. And so I I literally told my employer, I was like, give me 90 days and I'll prove myself to you. And if you don't like what you see, I'll make it up to you. And I really believed that because I was like, I just, you know, I I wanted this job so bad at that time. And uh, I really didn't want to, I just I I didn't know and he was smirking because he's like dude no nobody wants to be a plumbing apprentice (laughs) so but for me I was it was such a big deal and uh to him he was like glad to have me on but um I just remember that and of course you know I got the job but just that willingness to just man I'll do I'll do whatever it takes just give me 90 days I'll prove it to you but also myself like Mm -hmm. too like is this really what I want so um yeah yeah, just be willing to do some yeah. stuff for free if you don't really know what you want to do. Um, that would be my advice. Yeah. I think uh, that reminded me of something Gary Vee once said. Uh, is, uh, uh, if you're not doing anything, your time isn't worth anything, which I think is honestly a very honest way of putting it. Like if you're not making any money, 
are you is your time really like you got to you have to have done something to be worth something and that's not saying that you know you should work for free forever but mm. it's that yeah. you're starting if you're at the bottom you're at the bottom and you're going to have to work a little harder to get somewhere yeah. so you got to be just willing to do that yeah maybe you think, have a job yeah. but but on the weekends you just go out and do something new every weekend and mm-hmm. you just ride along with somebody in a yeah. different trade yeah. or industry so yeah stuff like that it's yeah. awesome yeah well I kind of want to ask you this. I know being a plumber, like, isn't always viewed in society as the best career. It has kind of like a negative Mm -hmm. stigma to it for some people. And I'm wondering if you encounter that a lot and how you deal with that. Yeah. uh, A lot of my friends think I, you know, have a big old plumber's crack and I go around (laughs) plunging toilets all day. But it it is so far from the truth. I I don't really even remember the last time I I worked on a toilet. there's a lot of things in the plumbing industry that you can specialize in, you know, tankless water heaters, green energy, in-floor heating, um, very, very mechanical, you know, systems. Um, so, you know, we take for granted, oh, we just open the faucet, we have good pressure, good clean water comes out. Yeah, how does that all work? Yeah, yeah there is so no much that. It's a complicated network of systems and, uh, definitely beneath that. No, I, you can, yeah, I mean, it's not this dirty, grimy thing that, you, you know, there, there are dirty, grimy plumbers out there, but there's also highly professional, very skilled, um, you know, good people out there, you know, making it happen too. So um, it is what you can, you know, really make it. So if you, if you just want to be dirty and grimy, well, go be a dirty, grimy plumber. But if you want to be super professional, clean, you know, and, and make good money and feel good about what you're doing, uh, you can do that too. So, yeah. Okay. So kind of going a little deeper on John's question, I think, I think the question has to be asked, mm-hmm. how much shit water do you deal with or have you dealt with? I think, that, I think people want to know. Is that something you make <laughs> the new guys do? Um, no, well, we, we actually have a drain division that deals with sewer backups and okay. all that stuff. But I know you kind of basically I, mentioned I, it. You don't I have did to, that, you don't I did a lot of that work yeah. too. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, I I don't know. I mean, I just I I never really like to me it's like, yeah, I don't want to like put my hands in this stuff. But there's also like equipment and gloves and things you can wear too <laughs> yeah. and mask and and stuff that's like okay, well, I can also like put this gear on and and do the work too. Like yeah. it's not not that bad, but yeah. it um, sounds like you were saying earlier there's there is a different job subsets kind of in it that's going to be getting you mm-hmm. doing more of that or less than that yeah on the path you want to go down i feel like yeah. there's a lot of misconceptions of what the career right. actually has to mm-hmm. offer yeah. yeah i think sure. uh um i don't know how much you know about this i i don't know a ton but you know in other trades like we talk about luxury and carpentry mm-hmm. there's probably very similar things like that as well it's not going to be mm-hmm. like a electrician doesn't just do one thing there's doesn't just some, run a wire yeah. to an outlet yeah. He's, there's yeah. a lot of things they can do yeah too. Yep, a lot of controls nowadays, mm-hmm. circuit boards and everything. I'm dealing with circuit boards because I, I work on a furnace mm-hmm. or a tankless water heater. It has a ton of electrical in it, you know, circuit boards, sensors, mm-hmm. limit switches, all safety things. But the plumber has to know how to do all of that because it's on a plumbing system. So That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean no one... I mean, I haven't personally, but that makes perfect sense as soon mm-hmm. as you say it. It's like, how, how do we not realize this? It yeah. sh- seems obvious, but no one thinks about that. Most people have like a furnace in yeah. their home, like forced air coming mm-hmm. out of vents, right? 
Well, that's a giant box in the middle of your house with a huge flame inside of it. There's a lot of safeties, limits, all these. It has a circuit board. You know, I have to figure out all that out, you know, if I'm going to go in there and, and serve my customer and actually figure out the problem and fix it. Like, I need to know all those things. So, yeah. Makes sense. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so I think we're going to move on to our quick news segment and then oh, yeah, book sweet. review real quick. So we're going to get awesome. these out of the way, and we can get back to more of your conversation. <clears throat> so on to the news. Well, wait. It's under one minute, right? <laughs> news in under one minute. I haven't timed this one, so we'll okay. see. Also, Here we go. the last one, I think, was like a couple of seconds over Dang a minute. It. All right, we got to work on that a lot. All right, here we go. House Democrats recently released a report alleging that the president abused his office for personal and political gain by pressuring Ukraine to announce investigations that could benefit him. This is referring to the president's July 25th phone call in which he allegedly suggested that a foreign officer investigate Joe Biden's son on suspected criminal charges. I didn't know Joe Biden had a son. Hunter found that out, yeah. In the presidential race, Democrats are starting to get whittled out as Senator Kamala Harris drops out of the race. However, Michael Bloomberg, billionaire businessman and former New York mayor, recently entered and threw his hat in the ring. Bloomberg's net worth is around $50 million, making campaign financing concerns non-existent for his race. Wait, so he's a billionaire businessman who's worth $50 million? Is that what you just said? Yeah, I think 50 point. 54.2 or something like that. doesn't sound like a billion dollars to me, but okay. <laughs> sure, I'm nitpicking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're cutting into my time here. Oh, Definitely. sorry. <laughs> this doesn't count. Stocks plummeted today as President Trump de- um, delayed progress on a trade deal with China. He claimed that he may wait until after the U.S. election to create a limited trade deal. The Dow Jones Industrial Average dropped 280 points after the fact. And finally, the new 100% meatless Impossible Burger has been gaining popularity in the U.S. over the last few months. However, this isn't necessarily great news as dairy farmers are concerned about being put out of business. Farmers have repeatedly expressed that the main purpose of the new imitation meat is to put family farms out of business. Done. Stop the timers. I I do have to say, um, Ben, your source of news is some of the most unbiased stuff I ever hear. Oh, yeah. I try to make it that way. Because it really dirty, by the way. Well, that's I probably talked with conversation in the middle. (laughs) We'll We'll detract that from the time. All right. There we go. You can keep your job, Ben. We'll give it to you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I think I think these are all very hot button issues, but <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah. I don't I don't really feel like commenting on too much. Alrighty. Not, I'm not really into the stock market, but I do have one gold stock that I own, and the gold stocks. Even though the Dow Jones has been plummeting, the gold stocks are going up. So that's good there for you me. Go. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Just to let everyone know listening, we high-fived, and it was very white. (laughs) All right, and then I think we'll move on to the book review next. Yeah, John's got another sweet book for us. So this book is one of my favorites. It's called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, and it was written in the 1930s. Basically, the author analyzed the world's richest men at the time, such as Henry Ford and Andrew Carnegie, John D. Rockefeller, and uh, figured out how they were able to obtain such success the book focuses a lot on having a success-oriented mind. Um, there's a lot of like quotable stuff in it. A lot of it's really basic, but it's good stuff to to like read. Um, here's a few quotes: "The starting point of all achievement is desire. Keep this constantly in mind. 
Weak desire brings weak results, just as a small fire makes a small amount of heat. And there is difference between wishing for a thing and being ready to receive it. No one is ready for a thing until he believes he can acquire it. The state of mind must be belief, not mere hope or wish. Open-mindedness is essential for belief. And then he also talks a lot about like writing your goals down and the importance of that. And uh, I, I really have benefited from that. He said that you should write your goals down in a place where you can see it every morning and every night. And so I have a reminder on my phone of my goal that pops up on my phone every single morning and every night. And without that reminder, I probably wouldn't have been thinking about my goal. But one of my goals is to own real estate like you. And uh, because I see that reminder every day, I've calculated exactly how much I need to make a down payment on a house that I want and how much I need to put away each month. And I've already started doing that. And it's just like, if you say you want to own real estate, but at the time you're 25, it seems like unattainable. But mm -hmm. if you constantly are looking at that and have a desire for that, um, you start to plan for it and it actually becomes possible. Yeah, I mean, Adam's living proof of that. 27 yeah. owns his properties yeah. already. Oh, when, when did you actually, when did that purchase actually? Be, uh, when, when was it made? I wanna say, yeah, 24, 25 -ish. Oh wow, so yeah. even perfect to yeah. <laughs> what John's plan um, And yeah, I actually have a whiteboard on my wall that I do the same thing. Yeah, I was you know, wanna talk about that, that next for sure, but. Um, but before we do, I mean, me, John, and Ben touched on this very briefly a little while ago before uh, Adam arrived. Um, about I, I, one of these quotes directly, which was what was the first? What was the first quote you read there? The starting point of all achievement is desire. We're talking about how. I mean, I, I legitimately believe that basically anyone can do what they want to do if they want it bad enough. Now, there are circumstances I understand that people grow up in that is going to limit their opportunities or limit uh you know some some things other people might have it's going to make it more difficult but it's just the truth of it is you can't control your circumstances the only thing you can control is what you do and if you want something bad enough in your everyday doing something to try to get there i yeah. really think you can make it happen yeah i mean i mean i personally believe that because that's ex exactly what i'm doing i have to believe that and uh, yeah. that's that's what i'm doing you know it's ups and downs um, but I truly believe you can make it happen. You just got to want it bad enough. That's right. Anyways. Another quote is like, all achievement, all earned riches have their beginnings in an idea. And I feel like a perfect example of this. I mean, even though the podcast isn't making us money, we had an idea to start a podcast. And most people our age, like, would never even think to do that or, like, know how to attain that. And it, we just push through. And Don't worry. It happened. When we have good episodes like this, it's yeah. going to be a matter of time. <laughs> no, this is cool. You know, like, I, I don't know your following or, you know, I, I haven't li really listened to your podcast, mm -hmm. but uh, dude, can the you, fact can that you're you, doing you it. Right now? Yeah. Um, please, that's very insulting. <laughs> I was about to compliment you. Come on now. <laughs> no, no, dude. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, just the fact that you guys are just doing it. Mm -hmm. I think that, that uh, that's something to be said. And just having that mentality will will help you in other areas of your life you know just you know don't think about it a lot of these things you just need to go do it you know and uh yeah who knows what happens with the podcast but you may end up helping someone out of the whole yeah. thing you know i mean that's really the goal we talked about it in our first episode um you know obviously we don't have everything figured out we're just here you know to have a discussion with some cool people who mm -hmm. are doing cool things and maybe someone will get something out of it i mean that's we're getting just as much out of it Hopefully someone else is too, you know, just having these conversations mm -hmm. is uh, 
I, for me personally, I, mean, I, I think about them a lot. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I hope things. you, uh, yeah, just keep that vision and continue on and yeah, hopefully someone out there can get some help and, uh, yeah, totally good. Um, so before we wrap up here, there's one other thing I, I want to talk about a mm-hmm. little more specific things. Um, is you, you mentioned you have a whiteboard and kind of mm. looking up budgeting. When did you first start doing it, doing it? What were some things you kind of figured out in planning finances? If, if you're comfortable talking about that, of course. Yeah, but. no. Um, yeah, just, just having some kind of strict rules with finances, you know, setting aside a certain amount of money, no matter what. Um, or, you know, if your paycheck fluctuates, um, cutting it into percentages. So this percent goes into savings, this mm-hmm. percent I'm just going to invest, you know, that type of thing. Um, just having uh, some discipline with that is important. Um, it, it's just it, there's no really, like, big thing that you do. I think it's just uh, you keep reading those books, you know, Napoleon Hill, um, all, all those, like, self-development books and just take those just little things you know watch gary v and all that stuff and you'll just get these little things just keep adding them uh to your to your process and eventually all of a sudden it starts to click and it starts making sense and it might be a dollar that you're saving or investing it doesn't matter it's Mm -hmm. again the fact that you're doing that you're staying disciplined um it's going to add up later on yeah even if it seems insignificant now, like you said, just doing that dollar, that's going to help you build good practices and habits. It's going to help you along yeah. the road. I think it's it really is about seeing, like you mentioned earlier, seeing that light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to realize you got to make some sacrifices now, and you're going to start out small, but yeah. you got to start somewhere and get help. You yeah. know, listen oh, to podcasts sure. like, you know, like this, or you know, other people that are super smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, yeah, like just be willing to learn and get help. You yeah, know, there's a bunch of great. There's so, so many resources yeah. for information. In this you day and age, it's, it. it's yeah. awesome. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep, for sure. Awesome. Great. Well, Adam, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Um, yeah, yeah much fun, by. guys. This, yeah, is, yeah. this is awesome. It's a really interesting conversation. Like, like I said, for me personally, like, I love hearing about this. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. really grateful you were able to come on. Yeah. Guys, yeah, look into trades. Uh, personally, I think they sound pretty lit. <laughs> Little terminology for the young people there. <laughs> there you go, yeah. <laughs> I'm not old, but. I don't say it's it, just yeah. another way to go and yeah. yeah it's it's a good way to go if you choose to really go for it yeah awesome well thank you so much for coming adam yeah, yeah it's a pleasure having you hey thank you so much appreciate it thank you to adam for coming down and talking with us and thank you for listening to another episode of project enterprise if you'd like to get in touch with us email us at project enterprise podcast at gmail.com it's going to be links to other social medias and information in the description below of whatever you're listening on. And once again, thank you to Stat and Alvarado for helping us out with the studio. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we hope to see you next time. Enterprise.